welcome back to another episode of Etox Off the Record podcast. Today, we are giving you full access to one of our celebrity interviews, and Danielle is talking to none other than Ed Sheeran. Danielle and Ed caught up virtually just a few days before he tested positive for COVID. And they talk about everything from parenthood to date night to his new album, Equals. And while what we say here is usually off the record, this is definitely on the record. There he is. Hey, Ed. What's going on? It's good to see you. I saw you, I don't know, maybe six, eight weeks ago, and now here we are again. And it's yeah, great to see you, my friend. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. I'm glad to be uh, talking about the album rather than just like a solitary single. It's nice to be uh, talking about the broader. Yeah. Spectrum. Well, this album's been a long time coming, right? You started recording it in 2017. You've had a, an enormous amount of change in your life. And now here we are. So what does this album equal for you? Um, I don't want to sound too deep when I when I when I say it, but I think the symbol itself, like equals, comes after a question and before an answer. And I feel like it's my uh, it, going from my twenties into my thirties. I'd questioned so much in my twenties and like, what am I? Who am I? What am I doing? Why am I doing it? And then I just feel like something switched when I got married and became a parent. And you know, I, I lost. Uh, I think I spoke about this, but I lost a close friend, and it just really hit home that tomorrow is not promised. And just to do what, what, what whatever so yeah it feels like a, I say it's a quarter life crisis record and I'd start I start the record in chaos and I end the record pretty serene and peaceful I think does that mean that now you're in a place that feels a little more settled is that is that sort of how you um, would define today or I this month so. yeah. I mean I mean it's still chaos and calm like I've been I mean this is I don't know how many interviews I've done today but I've started them at like 655 this morning and it's now uh, almost 8 p.m. but the um but what has been great about it is I've been able to go inside for little moments I just put my daughter to bed we had like read four bedtime stories together gave her her bottle gave her a bath and but now I'm back in it so like there's a there's like a there's a, there's a nice balance to it I guess that is kind of the benefit of this, this last little while. You're able to do your work, promote your album from home, and then you get to go do bath time, bedtime, bottle time. For sure. It's I mean, really I mean, nice. It's a balance. It's a balance. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, in, I'm in Paris tomorrow, and I can't go with my family, and then I'm in Italy the next day, and then I'm back in England so I can see them. And then when I go to America, they're going to come with me. So it's, it's give and take, basically. Give yeah. And take. Um, there are a lot of great themes on the album. The songs are incredible. One of the themes I really picked up on, it sounded like a real theme of trying to be present. Is that something you're really trying to do now in your life, is really be present in the moment? Yeah, I feel like... It's, it, it's, it's interesting with stuff like Instagram because I feel like if people don't post on Instagram, people think they don't exist. And yeah. like they're like, what, did you actually do it, though? And I, I've... And I don't want to like rag on social media. I think social media is a really useful tool for promotion. I I use it when I've got an album coming out. I use it when I've got a video coming out. Yeah. I use it if I'm trying to promote something. But I, I find myself at dinner a lot with my wife and we don't bring any devices to dinner. So we're just like totally in it. And I find I it that. a lot when I look, I look around and there are people on date night in really nice restaurants that just are looking at their phone and they've got their partner or their mum or their dad or their best friend across the table. And like what's more important than that nothing yeah. nothing i find too as a parent the the the, the idea of being present is like an, is something i'm thinking about all the time because they grow so fast and i i can i look at my kids and i look at them and i look at their eyelashes and like the smallest details of their faces and wonder like how are you a real human being and that for me is where 
like being present is like the most profound yeah. in my life. I mean, things um, things flip within a day. You know, yeah. she had her first steps maybe two weeks ago, <laughs> and it was like it was like wobbly like this. And now there's no crawling. She just she just walks around every day, and it's just happened like like like, like that. You know, yesterday my wife said, uh, "Lara, where's your tummy?" And she points at her tummy. Lara, yeah. where's your head? She points at her head. She can't talk, but she knows these. It's it's mad. And we're reading these books today, and she's telling me which one's the fox and which one's the mole, and it's it's. But it's just happening so quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's good to be present in the moment. You have the smartest kid on the planet, clearly. I, I do yeah. think she's a genius. Yeah, she's a genius. It's it's certified. I could tell you that. Um, there's also a theme of sort of old life like, and new life, like we heard on Bad Habits and we hear again some other songs as well. So apart from, you know, the not really staying up till all hours of the night, drinking, partying with your friends, what else has changed really significantly for you? Obviously being a dad and a husband, but what else? I think I think priorities and time. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's a song on the album called Love in Slow Motion that's basically, uh, I find that living in a city, there's always something on. There's always a drinks, there's always a dinner, there's always a new hang, there's always, should we go and do this, should we always do that? And it's always with someone, you always hang out with a friend and it's always, there's always an excuse to hang out with someone. And I find living in the countryside is very much, my time is with my family and with, and with my wife. So we are cutthroat with our time. <laughs> and um, if I'm not with Cherry, if I'm like in London, so sometimes I'll be in London to promote something or I'll be in New York to promote something. If, I, if I'm on my own, that's when I socialize and we'll hang out with friends. But if I'm with Cherry, none of that. We are we are going out for date night and we are having time together. And um, if there's like a day off, I would rather spend it with my daughter and take her for a walk and go to the park or something. Yeah. So I just think priorities and time becomes more important. But you know this anyway, you just start being like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Rather than, yeah, sure. And that also comes, as you said, with like age and maturity, where before it was like, okay, I'll do everything because I don't want to miss anything. And now for me, there's nothing to miss. I don't feel like, I don't know if the, you feel yeah, that way. Well, I, I realized that the best night out that you can have is the, it's either the spontaneous one, which um, is kind of like, whatever's going to happen there. So sometimes me and Chez will just be like, you know, let's just go out to the pub tonight and see what see what happens. Or it's the what me and my best friends, my guy friends do, is once a month we all bring one bottle of wine to one person's house and then we just sit around and catch up. And then that's like, that's our night to let loose. But it's a very calm letting loose. We'll all be gone by 10.30 or something. Right, because mornings come early with babies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, had a, I, had a, I went to my friend's 30th um, in the summer and we're kind of there, we're dancing to ABBA at like 7 p.m. and then it gets to 9 p.m., everyone's dancing, everyone's dancing, it gets to like 11 p.m. I'm sort of flagging a little bit and I just see a couple of friends sneak off into the tents and I'm like, right. And then they come back and just start talking to me about how Led Zeppelin are the best band in the world. And I took that as my cue to leave and I went to bed and uh, me and Cherry woke up in the morning at six with, with Lyra. We went out and they were still awake. And part of me, like, I've been there. I've been there and part of me was like, I'm so glad that life has changed. <laughs> life has changed. Nothing, as I said in Bad Habits, nothing happens after two. It's nothing. the same conversation. No. Nothing. No, and nothing good happens either. It's just, it's a series of bad choices, as you've said. It's just, it's Always. not great. The first song, Tides, I love, it's about growing up. And, you know, we've been with you for so long as a show and as a network. I remember when you performed at the MMVA side stage, when you performed A-Team all those years ago. What would you say to younger Ed now or to that guy who is coming up? Um, don't be scared. Don't be afraid of failure. 
Don't be um, afraid of failure. You learn everything from your failures. You learn nothing from your um, success. Yeah. Every time, every time you fall, pick yourself back up, look around, uh, learn from your mistakes and move forward again. Um, I, and I spent, a lot, I spent a lot of time in my youth beating myself up for failing or making mistakes. And I, every time I make mistakes now, I kind of embrace it and go, right, that's going to make me a better person and I'm going to move forward from there. Yeah, it's building blocks of learning, isn't it? As opposed to like, what does beating yourself oh. up do? For sure, but I, you know, when you were kids, you don't really. If I if I released a song and it didn't work, I'd think it would. I think it would be the end of the world. Whereas now, it's you just learn from it. Well, this album is amazing. I know when we spoke a few weeks ago, you were like, I don't know how Ed Sheeran fans are going to feel about it. I'm telling you, they're going to love it. It's it's great, top to tail. It's really great. I love the song First Times. It's just Thank like you. all up in everybody's feelings. Tell me about this song and and what it means to you and how it feels to know that people, you know, have, you had this impact on people with your words and with your voice. Thank you. Um, I, you know, First Times is about. The first line is about me playing Wembley Stadium and how everyone said that would be the most significant point in my life. Um, and then me not feeling like that. I just was on stage and was like, oh, it's, it's, it's actually just a concert. And I've just played a concert and it was a good concert, but it was just a concert. And then coming backstage and my wife giving me a beer and then me sitting down and we chatted over a beer each. And I felt everything and I felt like this is like real life. And then it sort of took me back and I sort of wrote this song thinking about all the uh, simplest things that seemed so insignificant at the time, like our first glass of wine sitting on a step in Brooklyn opposite a pizza bar. And that at the time was just like, whatever, we're just going to drink a glass of wine. We're going to wait for our table at the pizza place. And now it has become tradition. We go back to New York and that's what we do every single that. time. And that, and that was the first time we did it. And it sort of spans our relationship up to... I mean, this is pr way, way, way before Lyra was born, but it basically says our first child and then a million more first times. And now, as I said, like all of these first discoveries, they're, they're new. I saw her take her first steps. I, she's saying her first word. She's pointing at the, the it's, it's, it's great. It's, life, life is full of small things that seem so insignificant at the time, but they're massive in the grand scheme of things. And we chase after these things in life that we think will fill the void whereas the void is actually being filled by all these tiny beautiful things and you go well i need to, i need to do this thing because this is what i think will be the thing the, the making of me and this is going to be it when actually it's all around you and you just have to take the um take it take it in sometimes yeah slow down and look around and and be in the moment yeah. and really drink those in as my husband Precisely. always says to me, drink it in, I love that. The song Visiting Hours, a really personal song, obviously, to you. You mentioned you lost a friend. I'm really sorry for your loss. That's a really horrific and difficult thing to have to go through. Tell me about this song and, and why you wanted to, to write this and to share in this way. Um, well, I didn't know if I wanted to release it. I actually, I spoke to Michael's family about putting it out and they gave it their blessing and I sent it to them and, and, and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm really happy I did because like grief is, a very very solitary lonely thing and you shut everyone out and you go i don't want i don't want to talk to anyone yeah. because it, i do if you talk to anyone you just get upset and so the song was birthed from that and then i was like do i put this out do i not put this out and then when i put it out you realize that it becomes the moment that people can break away from the solitude and send it to someone and then they know how how they're feeling and the youtube comments on that video are wonderful they're just power well, i mean they're sad but they're wonderful they're paragraphs and paragraphs of other people's stories and everyone's connecting over there the same thing and this is the same solitary grief and i met a fan the other day that was like his his mum had died and he doesn't really have a great relationship with his dad and he doesn't know how to talk to his dad about his mum dying and that song came out and he sent 
his dad that song ah. and that is their, that is their connection and that's so our music's kind of it's it's without you having the conversation yourself you can say to someone exactly how you're feeling by sending a song and i'm honored to have a tune that has come from such sadness that is helping people with their sadness and it really like someone asked me like do you get sad playing it and i really don't anymore it's actually i feel really invigorated playing it i really want I, i'm really happy to share it now because it feels like it's not my song anymore it belongs to all these other people mm -hmm. what a way to connect to other people and to connect other people that's Precisely. Like, that's the beautiful thing about about your music this album does feel very vulnerable as as a listener did it feel very vulnerable for you putting it together yeah, this is the most difficult album I've ever put together. I've got, I've got, I've gone through confidence lows. I've gone through career lows. I've gone through um, just feeling low, and then yeah. I've had like the highest of highs. You know, I finished uh, the world tour. It was the biggest tour that's ever been. The the album, last album, had, while I was making this album, was massive, and then I sort of came got married had a kid and the pandemic happened then i had a friend die and i turned 30 and i'm sort Oof. of figuring all, all all of this out whilst making this this record and i feel like that's why it's the best spectrum when i when i left instagram again i said i just want to go and live a bit of life so i can write about it and i really feel like life came and went um here's a broad spectrum of things to write about basically yeah and now you get to take those broad spectrum of songs and take them on tour and kind of relive them all over again i guess in a lot of ways is that what it feels like when you get to perform them yeah but more so what i said about visiting hours i feel like yeah. the songs just they have a different life because they belong to so many people you know like perfect is a song i wrote about my wife but it's not about my wife anymore it's about other people's wives and other people's husbands and other people's you know they could sing it to their kids you know it's just a it's just a song that just belongs to the public now which is quite a nice thing it's at like i would say seven out of ten weddings i've attended perfect yeah. is the song yeah <laughs> and, it, and it, that's quite quite a lot of pressure when it comes to like writing yeah. love love songs so when i you know for first times and joker and the queen i was happy that i found different angles to talk about long-lasting love basically yeah. the song sandman you know the mom and me just I, it was just, it was too much. It was just too many feelings for me. Because, yeah. you know, like babies sleeping and your children sleeping is just the most like peaceful thing in the world to experience. I have no less than a couple thousand photos of my daughter sleeping. I don't know about <laughs> you, what your phone, your camera roll looks like, but it's just mine, all of those mine moments. Mine is the, my, I, I mean, I love watching my daughter sleep, but when she falls asleep on me, that's the that's the magic like that's the and it doesn't really happen to me that like, happens a lot with my wife cherry um because i think there's just a comfort in the, the the mother but you know it's probably happened to me like five or six times and you just want to stay there you just want, i don't i don't, I, I don't want to wake her up at all yeah and it's great i think with that song you know i want it to be a sweet lullaby but i want it to be i want you know, there's a line in there where I say, whatever you feel can never be wrong. And it's like, any, all of her feelings for the whole of her life are valid because they are what she feels. And it doesn't matter if someone else says, no, you're wrong with that because it's like how you feel is how you feel. And um, yeah, I think uh, I, it's just like little life things that I want to instill in her because that's always going to be her song. Um, yeah, and I, 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 yeah. What a beautiful I way for her to grow up, though, to have to know that her feelings are valid because that wasn't the way you know, previous generations grew up or a lot of kids have the chance to grow up to know that your feelings are valid and you're heard is is such a gift. Wow. I, I think, and you know, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's something that is changing generation on, on generation. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, 
I feel like my parents' generation, their parents never really told them that they loved them. I think that was just a normal thing. And then that in turn makes the word I love you quite like, do we say it? And then I'm tr I'm kind of encouraging the older generation to say it to me. And I say it to everyone I know. It's like the last thing that I say to, to people, uh, you know, whether it's friends or my wife or my parents, it's just like, and going into that, like the song Leave Your Life is basically that. Like I want to, I say I love you to everyone just in case this is the last day on earth for me and for my daughter, she doesn't, she won't know that, you know, she doesn't, she can't speak really yet and she doesn't, she won't have memories. So I wanted to write a song that if, uh, the line, if I, if I forget to say goodbye before I catch the plane, well, you know the way that I feel when I'm away. It's basically if the worst happens, she has a song that will tell her how much I loved her in that moment. Wow, I'm gonna bawl my eyes out just thinking about my kids and all of that. Um, my daughter's yeah. a little bit older than yours and she just started saying love you, but it's rah rah and it is the most heart exploding thing. And when that yeah. happens for you, I, I'm excited for you to hear that. Well, Lyra just started, uh, she started kissing back. You go, Lyra, kisses, and she'll like go like that, which is really, really cute. And then you just melt into a million pieces. Oh man, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing like it. There's nothing like, it. and also I just think the the father-daughter relationship is, is what all the dads I know that have daughters say. They say that it's like, it's the unbreakable bond. Yeah, I'm actually convinced my eldest likes my husband more than me. Like they have a real thing going on. Like it's a real- but I think that's a magical thing. Cause I think mums and their sons have like, I, like me and my mum are like, are like that. And I think it's, it basically, yeah, it's, it's, it it, yeah. Um, the song Equals kind of gives us a look at where your life is now, right? This is a look at today's Ed. Uh, well, how would you describe life today? Uh, chaos and calm. Yeah. Chaos and calm. Yeah, I feel like with my... I mean, I say that. I mean, Lyra is pretty chaotic at times, but it's... Uh, <laughs> I, I just feel like my um, career and music life is just go, 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 go. Even pre bad habits coming out like yeah. i was in i was in the studio pretty much every single day i was mixing the album was producing the album was writing songs was doing this was doing that and it's very very go 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 but my family life is so nice i mean there are there are points where it's really really difficult and there are points where we argue and there are points where lyra will have tantrums but these are like 15 percent of my life and the other 85 percent is just lovely you know it's like having it's just nice moments, just nice moments. After this interview, I'm, I've got one more interview and then I'm going to go and have a lasagna with my wife and I think we're going to watch some Ted Lasso or something like that. Ted, and what a guy. Ted Lasso's um, the great hug we all needed this year. <laughs> in, in it, though, in it. And I <laughs> yeah. feel like it's... You, you, I went into that show thinking it'd be something completely different. I thought it'd be like a slapstick comedy about an American coming in and like messing up a football team. And it's just so, it's kind of, I liken it to The Office because The Office, I started off being like, all of these characters are a bit weird. And then by the end of it, like Dwight's your guy and Michael's your guy and you, you just love everyone and you feel so much for them. But it's also quite slapstick at times, you know? It is. Uh, I want to talk to you about some big things you've got coming up. Mega Mentor? on on yeah. the voice tell me everything see i always i don't know really where i stand with uh, those sort sort of things because i i feel like so much importance on shows like the voice and on x factor and on american idol so much importance is put on winning it whereas 
what what I wanted to say to all the all the people that were on it when when I was there is you've already won. You're on national television. You're good enough to be on national television. And One Direction came third in in X Factor, and they became the biggest band in the world. It's not it's not about winning. It's about taking that boost mm -hmm. and being like, oh my god, like Ariana Grande Grande rates me. Maybe that means that I'm good enough to do this. And then coming off the show, even if you come fifteenth having the confidence to be like, let's go. Whereas I um, sometimes feel like those shows can ruin your confidence. And mm -hmm. I would hate to be a judge on it and be like, you have to go home and you can stay. So what I loved about being a mega mentor is coming onto it and just giving them advice and being like, you guys are killing it. Like, I love, I love your voice. I love your song choice. When you come off the show, like make sure you release something straight away and start promoing it. Yeah. And don't, yeah. don't, don't wait for the perfect opportunity to happen. Just make the perfect opportunity happen. And, um, I, I, I liked, I, I, it was, it made sense going on it and doing that rather than I would, I would really struggle to send kids home because so many people like, I wouldn't say it's crushing dreams, but it definitely knocks your confidence. And so many people knocked my confidence when I was younger and, I had moments where I was like, oh, maybe this isn't for me. And I'm sure if you come off a massive show like that, you go, oh, maybe this isn't for me. But it's not about winning. You know, it's about being your national television in front of the entirety of North America. Use it. Use yeah. it. Use it. Last thing, the Ed Sheeran Peloton artist series. I'm a, I'm a Peloton person. Are you a Peloton person or is this just something that exists outside of, of you? I, I think Peloton's great. A great idea. I love I love how it has just boomed. It is just yeah. everywhere. Like I know so many people with it now. I It is um, a bit of a cult. Yeah, no, but it's a very, very strong cult. I think it's uh I think it's great. I think Exercise and being fit and healthy is so key to mental health. I think, uh, it, aside aside from just clearing your mind, the benefits it has for just your body. Like I, I was quite a fat, sluggish guy. I never yeah. exercised. I ate crap i drunk crap and i felt like crap i felt depressed and yeah. low and i'd look at myself in the mirror and i go oh look at you it's disgusting like and from exercise the the benefits of like just clearing my mind and then suddenly you don't want to smoke and so i stopped smoking and then suddenly you don't want to go out to two o'clock in the morning because you're going to feel like crap on the bike the next day and then so you stop doing that and then suddenly your body shape starts changing and then you're like oh well actually like i can fit this t-shirt that i wanted to wear mm -hmm. and i can this jacket actually looks all right on me now and then you start shifting yeah it's just so good for your mental health and i would uh i would recommend exercise bit peloton or whether it's weights or whether it's swimming or or or, or anything my key was m moderation because i love food and i tried all sorts of diets and you know i went no carb and i just did salads or soups <laughs> or shakes and that is so bad for you yeah. so bad for you the key is moderation if i want a burger i have a burger i just don't have it every day of the week and if i want fries i'll have fries but maybe i won't have them with the pizza that i would usually have them with and if i want a beer i'll have a beer but i won't have 17 you know it's a uh, it's moderation, moderation have, have, have all have all the things you like but like don't be greedy basically that's, that's right. the that and that's what's kind of works works for me and you know like yesterday i got a pizza with my wife and usually i would have eaten the whole pizza to myself but instead we bought one pizza and split it and you know what we were full by the end of it that's right great advice on everything life exercise health parenthood music for our everything this is this was a very uh, educational, therapeutic, and wonderful. I chat. haven't got it. I haven't got it figured out. By the way, I'm just I'm still figuring stuff out. But that th those those are things that have helped me. Exercise especially. And I I thought exercise was the devil. I used to be like, Ugh, I'm never running. 
bugger that. I don't want to. I don't want to run on a treadmill. And it's not. Running on a treadmill is boring. There's so many other things that, like Peloton, for instance, it's not just cycle, 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 cycle. There's so much like ebb and flow and blah blah blah. I do a lot of uh, weight-based training, and you you would think you would bulk up, but it, it, has, it actually is just amazing for your um, fitness and cardiovascular. And sometimes you know you do lunges and you do squats mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. You can answer your emails in the gym in between reps exactly i'm not like a super fitness guy i just like i don't want people to think it's just let's go on a treadmill for an hour because that does suck that does suck but this is the stuff that future ed will thank you for that's what i always think of 40 year old ed is going to say thank you 30 year old ed for taking good care of us well 30 year old ed certainly is not thanking 20 year old ed right now (laughs) you are the best thank you so much congrats on the album all your success and your beautiful family always great to talk to you thank you thank you so much thank you you All right, thanks everyone for listening to a special episode of eTalk's Off the Record podcast. And be sure to subscribe so you always know when a new episode drops. Don't forget to watch eTalk weeknights at 7 p.m. Eastern on CTV. Bye.